Hi, I'm Emily Kersey. And I'm Nate Karchner. And you're listening to Good Working Order. A podcast of two professionals and friends on a journey to be their best selves in life and in work. In this first episode, we take a trip down memory lane and we talk about how we met, how we drove each other crazy in the early days, and finally, how we became good friends. We talk about what good working order means to us and why we decided to share our stories. Nate shares about the unexpected conclusion of his personality test results, and I reveal how hydration changed our entire relationship. Enjoy. So I was thinking about it, that one of the really interesting things about our friendship um, is that we are now, we share a brain, we finish each other's sentences, but like it didn't start out that way. No, no, I drove you pretty much crazy. And I think I was kind of suspicious of you. I think that's true. You did drive me crazy. Um, because you wouldn't let me in on anything that we were working on. So I, I guess we should probably disclose that we worked together on the same team for three and a half years. Yes. That is how we met. Um, and yeah, I, I had been already been there for like a year and a half. And along came this interloper who thought that she <laughs> could put structure around my life, uh, my work life. And uh, I like a cowboy doesn't ride with anybody else. I was free on the range. You uh, were too free. And it was irritating. And with you, I had a really hard time because I was trying to sort of come up to speed on the team. I was trying to provide value. Um, you Spoiler alert, you would later learn that I love process and efficiency um, above maybe all else. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it is like your favorite thing. And ironically, those were things that I was not a huge fan of at the time because it got and in the way of my creative juices, you know? It did. You were like a you were like a black box. I had no idea what was happening until stuff would just like publicly hit the wire. And that was sort of a little bit alarming. But I don't know. Like at some point you started to sort of trust me. Um, and you kind of started to like let me in on what you were working on like before it went public, which I think was really cool. But I don't I don't know if you remember how that started. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I do. Um I think Okay, so like as much as I like to talk a good game about being like such a cowboy, on the other hand, I very much care about what people think, maybe too much, for being honest. And um, I think there was probably a point where I realized that I was really upsetting you, and I actually really cared about that because we worked together. And um, I think it made me take a step back and maybe think about my my actions and start listening to some of what you were saying from a non-suspicious like perspective or from like maybe being just a little bit more active about listening to what you were saying. Um, and that I think I heard sense there and was like, Hey, maybe I should actually do some of this. And, uh, then it like surprise, surprise, it actually worked. And, um, I, I assume it was something like that, but as far as some just like groundbreaking event where like, like we used to not be friends and then we were friends and good coworkers. Like I actually can't remember the date. It also could have been, we did spend a lot of time traveling to the same events and it could be that we ended up at an event together 
Oh, and- th- this is very true. And you, um, we'll get into this. Maybe we should take a step back and talk about why do we care about good working order? Well, yeah, because, well, number one, we both have a frightening tendency to get injured slash sick slash otherwise. Yeah, just we break ourselves all together too often in a variety of ways. And the joke would always be when one or the other of us would get broken, the other one would yell at them, like, good working order. You have to stay in good working order because, uh, you know. And some of that came out of we had become sort of dependent on each other to get through what we needed to do as sort of like a team and as friends. And so having one of us down made it, made life even more difficult for the other. And so I bring this up because we did travel together. And I remember distinctly, we traveled to Atlanta. And that was the first time I'd met you in person. And I'd only been with the team for like maybe six months at that time. So it's very sort of early on. And you are like a nut about hydration. And I have spent my entire life dehydrated, apparently, because you were so focused on hydration you made me drink a ton of water and I felt like the best I have ever felt. And I thought, this guy knows something. <laughs> I know one thing and that's that it's important to stay hydrated. But I think that's true. I think that's like really the first time we hung out that wasn't just like super transactional, like doing work type stuff where, you know, we worked the show, we were at the booth, which there's like a certainly a high amount of downtime to just chat. Um, but that is also where we started one of our traditions, which was any time that we traveled together, we would try to find an aquarium in the city where we were at. So this is true. That was the first aquarium of many. Oh man, we peaked too early. And so what I want out of this podcast and what I want to share is, um, as you know, I love telling people what works for me. Um, But I think that I, I think I had a notion when I was earlier in my career of, I will just hit a point of a certain job title or a certain years of experience. And I will just sort of know what I'm doing. And I will feel very confident and secure in the fact that I know what I'm doing. And the more I get, the more I work on sort of being the best version of myself professionally and personally, the more I realize how much opportunity there is for growth. And I think that that was, I don't know if that's just being in my thirties, but that was a real sort of tipping point for me of like, I just thought that life would get easier the older and more life experience I had. And that has not been the case. And so every time I've got more capacity, I've had more challenges kind of come my way. And so in this love of operational efficiency, I'm always trying to find out how to be like a tiny bit more well-rested, a tiny bit happier. Um, and that's something we've definitely kind of, kind of bonded over. Yeah. Agreed. It's been good. It's been really good, but it is like, you really when you mentioned, you know, it's funny because you do have this idea that, you know, as you get further along, like it's going to get easier, like somehow you get better. I mean, if you're doing it right, that's absolutely not what happens, right? Like if you're doing it right, you're always being challenged. <clears throat> and with that comes an increased need to figure out how to, how to cope with what should be bigger challenges, I think. So. And I think that that's something that I... Um, I really value about our friendship is that like you and I are like, we have some commonality, um, but we're very different. Our perspectives are super different, which I think was that initial conflict at the beginning of like making each other a little bit crazy. Um, But 
you become sort of a really great sounding board for, am I being crazy? Am I right on? Is there something to this? Because if I feel something and you agree with me, then I feel like there's a higher likelihood of there being some truth to whatever I'm kind of sensing. Whereas if we were identical carbon copies and our perspective was completely shared, um, that blind spot is really big. So I think that that's something that I've definitely experienced in my personal life, but also professionally of every time I pitched a program, I would bring it to you and you'd be like, oh, well, you didn't think about this and you didn't think about this and you didn't think about this. And we had to find a way to sort of meet both needs departmentally. And I think that all of the outcomes were a lot better for it. And so I've kind of learned to appreciate dissent in a weird way um, because it, it sort of helps like reduce those blind spots for me. Yeah, there's, um, as a matter of fact, there's this book that I started reading uh, called The Advantage, where they talk about what makes for good organizations and things that work well. And one of the concepts that they talk, that they touch on in this book is this idea of mining for conflicts, where, you know, a good organization, I think, is a good member of the organization. You're looking for those opportunities to find people who disagree, people with a different point of view. Like, that's a very healthy thing. And I think, you know, that is one of the things that's really fortunate about like our friendship and our relationship is just that we do see things so differently and that, you know, it's actually pretty easy, pretty easy to mine for conflict. Not that we fight all the time, but that I trust when I come to you that I'm going to get a different point of view on it. Um, and that whatever I come out with is going to be better than what I came in with. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's always been the case. So it's, I think it's a, a pretty nice thing and it's it's something that I found a lot of value in. And I never I never thought that it was something that I would look for in sort of like a friend or a coworker as somebody who disagreed with me. It feels a little counterintuitive, I think, initially, but it's actually incredibly valuable. And I think to be fair, we probably disagree more than we agree. And because I think that if we had met as friends first we would have never become actual friends because you would have been too alien. I would have been too alien. And both of us would have been like, forget this. I don't have time for this. We were sort of forced into this pressure cooker where our survival and our successes and our sort of failures were all linked. I think that that really forced us to find this way to figure out how to disagree really artfully. And I think that really came out of, I have a huge amount of respect for you professionally and you had so many amazing wins and I, I think finally sort of proved some wins that I knew what I was talking about. And once we'd established that the other person was good at what they did at work, it really helped us sort of set that groundwork. I think the only times we've ever really argued, I don't think we've ever argued sort of in any sort of mean spirit because I think we both get really analytical about it. But mm-hmm. I think the only times we really sort of battled is when I felt that we were in danger and you disagreed with my threat assessment. And I think those are the only times where you've really come into sort of big conflict. Right. And in full disclosure here, um, like I, I like to tell the story just because it really illustrates the problem. Uh, and that is that, so when I was, I was applying for a job, um, it was tentatively offered to me, but I had to take a, take a personality test. And so I took this personality test and it was the whole, uh, you know, 50 questions, but it's really like 10 questions, five different ways. And at the end of it, you know, they 
spit out this report that talks about the different elements of your personality, what your strengths are, your weaknesses are, et cetera. So I took the, I took the assessment and then they actually scheduled some time for me to speak with an industrial psychologist who would interpret the results and talk, and talk to me about them. And so I jumped on the call with this psychologist and she was walking me through some of the different aspects of the report. And then like about halfway through, she just, she was moving on to the next item and she just paused for a moment. And rather than addressing the item, she said, does your wife worry about you? Which I thought was a weird question. And I said, uh, probably no more than like the average wife worries about their husband. Um, and she said, well, it says here in your report that you have zero risk aversion. Like you are in the like 99th percentile for risk. Like, if this is true, you'll do anything, which looking back, like I've injured myself in many ways, doing many things I probably shouldn't have done. So it checks out. Um, but it's funny because this totally translates into work, especially uh, younger in my career, where, you know, there were situations where politically it would have been advantageous for me, uh, operationally it would have been advantageous for me to raise a flag, say, hey, there's an issue here. Um, but because of my lack of risk aversion, it was easy for me to just say, uh, no, this will be fine. Like, it's maybe a little dangerous, but no big deal. So in your defense, um, it wasn't because you were wrong, per se. So <laughs> so I think that these are the things that sort of I want to explore and we want to share with everybody. Um, we'll sort of dig into to more pieces of our sort of background and what we're struggling with and um, try to be as transparent as possible. But um, every day, a little bit closer to good working order and uh, redefining, I think sort of, sort of two pieces for me of analyzing what good working order is and then sort of how am I ever incrementally sort of moving towards that thing as I redefine it on the fly. Right. And I think um, it is a process, right? Like nobody comes out just baked as like an amazing human and an, and an amazing business person or marketer or whatever it is that you are. Like it's, even if you have natural talents or gifts, like it's still a lot of work and it's a lot of work to stay in good working order. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully some of the stuff that we've encountered is useful and can sort of provide some shortcuts even so that you don't have to work so damn hard. Do not, do not commit our same mistakes. <laughs> right. Uh, it's a little, hopefully uh, those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it in action here. So, so that's, a, that's a little bit of our story. And uh, we hope you tune in for future episodes. Indeed we do. Thank you for listening. For show notes and links to any resources we mentioned on today's show, visit megamathradio.com slash goodworkingorder. Want to share your thoughts on the episode? Follow us online at Megamouth Radio. Until you join us next time, we hope you stay in good working order. Good